When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to the next episode of the Transit Podcast. Once again, joined by my friend Jakub, and he actually wanted to talk about something first, which is sort of Challenger related. We will see these guys, at least one of them, on the Challenger Tour very soon. Yeah, I wanted to talk about the Australian Open men's doubles final, of course, where we had four guys that we've all seen over the past 12 months on the Challenger Tour can meet each other in the final. So I, I felt we, we sort of have to talk about them. Of course, it was Jason Kubler and Rinki Hijikata winning the title 6-4-7-6 over Ugo Nice and Jan Jelinski. Um, it was an amazing run for Kubler and Hijikata. I mean, it was so <laughs> out of nowhere. Like, I feel like we, we never even really see them play doubles on the Challenger Tour yeah. uh, to a great success. Because yeah, we don't. Because yeah. we don't. Uh, and then all of a sudden they're beating Kulhov and Skopsky 6-3-6-1. They're beating Gunnar and Zebayo 6-4-6-2. It's like, what the hell is going on here? Uh, and they were just so good, so dominant. And now they're all of a sudden top 40 doubles players. So I'm really curious to see, especially with Rinky, because obviously Kubler has the ranking to to play uh, ATP qualifying regularly. So I, I assume that he'll just play ATPs more often. Maybe he'll use that doubles uh, ranking in, in bigger events. Um Maybe team up with some with some doubles guys whose ranking is a bit lower at the moment to sort of t- prop themselves up, get themselves into uh, some of these tournaments. With a rinky, I'm really curious to see where this goes. Uh, I mean, we're going to talk about him later in this episode because he's playing uh, Bernie, uh, unlike Kubler who withdrew. Uh, but yeah, I'm really curious to see whether Hijikata goes to like Rome or something to play doubles. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, what, what do you think about this predicament that he sort of finds himself in? It's a very pleasant predicament to be in, but what do you think he's going to do? Yeah, it's probably, you know, if, if he can get into ATP qualifying, he'll probably play, I'm assuming. But I doubt he he really plays anything but the slums in doubles if he cannot get mm. into the singles event. But, you know, the, the guys have got 200 uh, 2000 points right now i mean if, if they can yeah. reach being the top 20 they can play the atp finals it, um they're very close to doing that I, I, in fact maybe maybe 2000 points will actually be enough already uh you know with with the doubles being sort of like doubles pairings not always of course uh playing each, with each other for a year sometimes i think mm-hmm. even the 2000 points could be enough so I don't know. It's it, it's definitely quite wild, and I only watched the final, frankly, between with Hijikata and Kubler, uh, which probably doesn't do them justice because honestly, that match was just uh, probably won on the fact that Nisenjeliski didn't seem to relax at all, especially the pole, uh, which uh, maybe you know maybe is another crowd aspect. But yeah, great story after, especially after 2022 when we had Karkinakis Kyrgios winning, and it was nowhere near as surprising. Also didn't make as much uh, as many headlines for sure. Uh, I mean, Hijikata Kubler didn't make as many headlines as Kokinaki Skergios, which is kind of sad. Also, uh, you know, a, a bit of a, I guess, sour taste. Like doubles players, you know, full on doubles players have to be looking at this like 
you know, how how are people uh, supposed to, you know, think of doubles as a serious competition mm. when the world number one and world number two lose to Hijikata Kubler, a random Australian duo who's probably never going to do much <laughs> after that, right? I mean, they, they probably are never going to win a title after that or something. And yet uh, the world number two and world number one lost to them one. <laughs> what was it? Three and one? Something like that? Three and one, yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah, I, 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 I watched like a lot of the, the highlights along the way. I, I wasn't mm-hmm. really watching them live. Um, but yeah, I, I still can't believe that all of this happened. Also, like... I hate to say this, but tennis highlights need, need sort of a redoing. Like, I would love to see highlights that more of sort of tell the story of a match as opposed to mm-hmm. just being just just picked out random points. Because uh, so so many times you just see highlights of a of a match, and it's like the the losing player wins the majority of the points in the highlights. Which, like, of course mm-hmm. that may may happen or whatever, but. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. It doesn't really tell the story of the of the match for me. But I also want to talk about Nice and Zielinski, uh, who, who we've seen over, over the course of the year. Of course, Zielinski now number 15 in the rankings, Ugo Nice at 22. This is going to be huge for them going forward. Uh Nice told the very was was very emotional talking about his his grandfather, who was also a player, uh, who passed away in 2017. Uh, but yeah, what, what has the reception around uh, Zielinski been like in, in Poland? Because of course in Slovakia, with a similar situation with Polashek making a slam uh-huh. final out of nowhere. Uh, so yeah, how, how was it with Zielinski? You know, uh, I think people watched it. People definitely watched it more than uh, the juniors with Perketa or Ewald. Not as much as Minet for sure. Um, I don't think it's been like a major story. It is a major story for mm. sports fans. Like uh, on Twitter, of course, you've seen... Yeah. Uh, I've seen a lot of, uh, even though, you know, my account is pretty much, uh, in English, I, I have some Polish followers. I have some Polish accounts that I follow and, uh, there, there, yeah, there was a lot of uh, talk about it, but I doubt like, I don't know, my non tennis, non, uh, you know, watching <laughs> friends would know who Jan Zielinski is, but I also doubt they would know uh, who Łukasz Kubot is, for example. Janowicz, yeah, yeah Janowicz made a lot of headlines, right? But but mm-hmm. Lukasz Kubot, even though he was world number one, I also doubt they would know him. So, you know, it's it's still doubles, but it, it certainly had some impact. Uh, it was very cool to see. I, uh, I I'm not sure if it's gonna, if it's repeatable. We shall see. I've seen a lot of over enthusiasm from some Polish journalists, you know, speaking of Zielinski that last time they were so excited about the young doubles players, it was, uh, Henrik, uh, Henry Kontinen or for example, that, uh, of course, Janek is going to be there five more times, like in some finals. Really? Like, are we that sure? He's, he's a class doubles player, but I mean, I don't know. I'm not as convinced. Although, of course, they, they did play some. Uh, in St. Tennis on the week, I, I, I am pretty certain that he's going to be a main tour player for the remaining part of his career. But, uh, you know, some finals, it's, it, it doesn't have to be like that. So I don't know. We shall see. Uh, it's also a nice tie into our show because one of the, I think one of the first episodes you were in, uh, we got a question about college players who in our mind could, you know, do well. And one of your selections was Jan Zielinski. So, um, <laughs> of course he was out of college already. It was like players who, who are either finishing college, I think, or, or out of college. Uh, but yeah, uh, it was a very uh, unusual pick because I, mean, I was just focusing on singles. And I remember you came up with some very like, um, you know, like real underdogs. 
And uh, yeah, Jeliski, Jeliski is panning out, I think, uh, because I think, yeah, even at that time, it was it was pretty clear that he was going to focus on doubles, not on singles anymore. Yeah, of course. I mean, Nisan Jeliski had had a bit of a like maybe less impressive run, but they they still beat Ram and Salisbury in three sets. That was a huge win. Uh, took out Shardy and Martin, uh, who, of course, Jeremy Shardy, I, I thought he was going to be the, the story of the, of the doubles sort of coming in because he had a very nice run to the semis. I, I thought he might uh, make the final, maybe win it uh, in one of his first tournaments back after being uh, away for a full year. Uh, but, of course, Hijikata, Kubler, Nice, Zielinski, they all deserve the, the, the plaudits from this Australian Open doubles. Yeah, I will also mention uh, just <laughs> it's a, it's a completely different thing, but I've been getting some questions about the eligibility for Challenger 175s, so I inquired about it. And apparently, top ten players cannot enter, just like in 125s. But the players mm-hmm. ranked between 11 and 50, they can actually enter without wildcards. And there's also going to be five not free Challenger 175s because in the second weeks of Madrid and Rome, there's going to be two. Challenger 175 events. Oh, yeah, okay. With 28 player draws. Um, I don't know what to think about this, you know? Wouldn't it be like... Uh, why, why 28? That's, that, that's weird to me, but... Probably to sure. convince, you know, to convince top players to come. Top players, uh, yeah. Yeah, with 56 players uh, in, the, in that week, you know, perhaps some Challenger guys will actually get the chance for points too. Like, it shouldn't be just the top 100, I'm assuming. And also one more thing. Ah, okay. Um, yeah, they 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 were like they weren't ready to disclose the names of the cities. So we still know just Phoenix mm. in March, which is already on the calendar. But Phoenix was the one that we sort of you know predicted. Just it it was obvious that it was going to be Phoenix with how this event went and uh, event went in, in 2019 and 2022. How it was pretty much a Challenger 175 already. And on clay, we just have no idea. So. Uh, we're going to have to wait and see until the May calendar is released, I suppose. And yeah, uh, I think that's that's probably it from what we had to cover before getting into the Challenger events of this week. Very boring winners, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> the highest ranked player yeah. in the draw every single time. <laughs> yeah, so let's start with uh, Otinie Luban Lonev, uh, where you got a point once again, you're you're fire with the predictions this year i i i mean i i really almost not not made fun but i was very unconfident in this pick of yours that's true but david kofan proved you right beating Mikhail imer 6-4-6-1 in the final his eighth challenger title uh first one since september 2014 i had no idea he was this good in challenger finals it's eight and one and he's not lost one since his very first one back in 2010 in lublana um of course, this last one was also uh, in Belgium, in, in Mons, where he beat Steve Darcy. On this run, Goffin beat Kimer Kopejans, Federico Ferreira Silva, came back from a sit-down against Hanfman, then beat Monclan. So not the toughest uh, draw to get into the final, but he was of nine spots, number 41. What did you think of Goffin this week? Yeah, I think, actually... Hey, wait, wait. Ah, okay. He's not on that anymore because he played Phoenix twice. But I remember in 2014 that Goffin was on a crazy Challenger win streak. And yeah, it's actually yeah. 20. But yeah, then he, then, then he, I guess, lost it in Phoenix 2019. 
Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, um, I think the reason why we are sort of unsure about this peak was his withdrawal from the Australian Open. And I remember actually now, now that I uh, realized what was the reason for it, I remember seeing that before, before I made this peak. But when we are making that peak, we are treating this as an injury and he was just sort of sick. Uh, you know, just got some oh, sickness. Oh, okay. I, yeah. I didn't know about that. Yeah, okay. I, I knew about it, but I totally forgot about it when we were doing the episode. So in hindsight, this peak made even more sense, I suppose. And he pretty much mm-hmm. only struggled with, with uh, Yannick Hanfman, lost the first set, but then then picked himself up very well. And, and yeah, dominated the, the, the whole the whole week, realistically. Uh, against Imer, yeah, it just seemed like the, the Swede has nothing to do with if Gotham is, uh, you know, taking everything so early and, and just hitting the ball so well. And uh, yeah, as you said, eight and one in Challenger finals now. But of course, since 2014, he only played these couple of events in Phoenix. This was the third uh, challenger he played since 2014 since 2014 yeah i mean i, I thought i thought it was a very encouraging um performance from him even though it, it wasn't as i said against the toughest opposition uh throughout that week but when we have seen him in, in phoenix he hasn't really been dominant at all uh in in these tougher draws i i wonder if he goes back to phoenix uh when, when we get to the challenger 175 i feel like he'll be one of those players who will definitely enter yeah uh since he was already doing it for nothing to do before miami right so yeah yeah um but yeah i mean i, I expected a, a lot more from this final i was almost worried that we we're gonna have time to record i, I expected a, a classic which we did not get <laughs> from michael imer uh who yeah he, he had to start in qualifying despite um uh, him being i think the second highest ranked yeah. player in this draw three spots than yeah. otte but otte then withdrew but but still the second highest uh player yeah yes yeah, so this was a seventh challenger final his first one is muir on the captive in 2019, he had won his last three finals. On this run, he started uh, by beating Gilles Arnaud Bailly. 7-5-6 love also beat Chen Ilkel in qualifying before coming back from a sit-down against Collignon. Uh, then beat Goyo, Marojan, Chedik Bilek all in straight sets, up nine spots over 60 in the rankings, his new career high ranking. What did you think of Imet this week? Yeah, I was also expecting a much tougher final for Gofan, that's for sure. Uh, Emer tried to fight back, but you know, when, it's kind of sad to watch sometimes when he tries to be aggressive with the forehead and everything is just either out or, or, or in the net. Uh, yeah, the guy just very quickly loses the control over that shot if, uh, if he tries to be um, too aggressive with it, let's say. But he needed to. He needed to try to change something of course but yeah other otherwise i think he had some very good wins over players who maybe usually don't play at the level that you would see Mikael Immer at but still had had great weeks and of course are pretty pretty dangerous in indoor conditions uh I'm, i was kind of surprised honestly watching him this week that none of us figured out like decided to pick him but i guess we were maybe sort of afraid of Ilkel. I guess that was yeah. I mean, you, 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 I think almost predicted him losing to Ilkel in the, ah, in the police, okay. if I remember that correctly. I, I think you were definitely talking about that. That was a like, bit is of he, a stretch. Is he going to make I it? <laughs> is he going to make it out of qualifying? But yeah, he he did make it out of qualifying and all the way to the final there. Yeah, I'm glad I stuck um, with David Goffin then, but. But definitely yeah. a, a nice run for him. And yeah, you're absolutely right. He was the second highest ranked player in the draw. Of course, you know, it was just luck that decided that he wasn't in the second half. Uh, because I think there were a total of like three spots available there. Four, I think, even. Um, or, 
Or I can that... see three of them, but it's also possible. Mm. I can see three of them, but it's also possible that um, when uh, Gulbis came in, it was already after uh, the qualifying was done. I'm not sure about that. Anyway, yeah, two or three spots in the top half. So, you know, we could have easily had this match in the semis, but uh, we didn't. We had it in the final. And yeah, David Goffin won it. <laughs> uh, yeah, as for semifinalists, they were uh, much more of a surprise than we had in the in, in this final. Uh, we had Gautier on clan that reached the semifinals as a qualifier, uh, despite never winning a challenger main draw by uh, main draw match coming into this week. He was the highest ranked player without a challenger main draw win. Uh, but this week he beat Sumit Nagal 7-5 in the third in qualifying, then also took out Kirkin. In the main draw, he upset my pick for the title, Ugo Umber, 7-5-6-1, then had a crazy match against Ernest Gubis that I think we'll talk about a bit later. Uh, also beat Kaichi Uchida, 6-3-6-3, six, three, six, three, uh, before eventually losing to Gofan. Uh, he now breaks the top 300, number 264 in the rankings, so sort of inching closer towards that um, slam qualifying uh, part of the rankings. What did you think of Onklan? Yeah, he actually has some real game. I mean, I was surprised to see that. Yeah. By the way, look at you coming at that, uh, coming up with some incredible stats. I mean, uh, I didn't even think of it. <laughs> that was a complete accident. I was looking through the the Tiz abstracts, like the highest uh, uh-huh. ranked players, not to something, and it on clan on there. And that was after I watched Gulbis, uh versus on clan. I was like, oh, I, I had no idea that he was like the highest. I didn't know there was um. Yeah. I didn't know there was a, a highest ranked without a challenger uh, match uh, match win. Uh, section there but that's good uh that's good info i will be checking that from time to time now uh anyway yeah on, on clem who had that uh crazy win over umbert of course the frenchman was pretty uh well you gotta you gotta say it. i mean he was pretty awful in this one for sure yeah. <laughs> uh but still uh he made uh like on clem really made him play uh he was very fast around the court kept the ball very low kept kept it very unpleasant for him and yeah I, i'm actually fully expecting on clem to make make some challenger impact now uh he is one of the guys who is coached by because steve darcy has like a couple of uh, belgian guys under his reign let's mm-hmm. say um and and he is one of these guys as well so nice story there too and and yeah he was of course one of the stories of the itf tour uh last year with uh how many five titles something like that yeah five titles uh just one of them at the 25k level by the way uh but yeah uh it, it's actually it, it actually looks plausible uh that he can uh that he can make some challenger impact this year he 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 looks like he belongs there although i guess we'll see if he sort of repeats that performance not at home because sometimes it can be an issue for for players but he was you know before playing gofam also on a 10 match winning streak uh, having won a 15k already this year in bressure something like that in french um and also, he was, I think he could have uh, had a special exempt to Koblenz or to Tenerife for that matter, I think, but he uh, declined them. Uh, he was in Co- signed up for Koblenz qualifying, but it looks like he has withdrawn. Uh, he, he was carrying like some small injury, so maybe maybe that's the case as well. That's the reason. Yeah, our other semi-finalist was uh, someone much more known to us regularly, Altuk Celik Bilek. Uh, but he did it as a lucky loser. He beat Rosenkrantz in qualifying before losing to Arne, Andrea and Arnaboldi, 6-2-6-4. But then Garanda Mindro beat Vashero, Elias Imer and Misolic. Misolic beat 6-4 in the third. His first Challenger semi-finals uh, since July 2022. What did you think of Celik Bilek's run? I actually completely forgot about the fact he lost to Arnaboldi. I just treated him as a regular major entrant. 
which is funny, but yeah, one of the best weeks that he's had in a while. Uh, also a lot of points, right? I mean, how is it? 45, I think, for in, a, in the 125 for a semi. So that's really going to help him, you know, keep himself afloat, uh, get to more Grand Slam qualifyings because, well, uh, I, I think he just missed out at the Australian Open or like wasn't, didn't go, uh, given that he would have been like the, the, an alternate only. And yeah, it uh, looks like with these points, if he can get himself, uh, if he can, you know, get a couple of decent runs, he can easily get into Ron Garros and Wimbledon before the Porto points drop. So this is huge for him. Also had a very unique chance to beat the Immer brothers in one event, but uh, he didn't, of course, uh, manage it against Mikhail in the semis. Yeah, he actually has, I think, 47 points because of those two points that he had in the, oh, yeah. in the You're final right. Yeah, fir- first round, first round. Um, but yeah, still very strong week for, for Chelik Bilek. Uh, do you want to talk about anybody else or shall we go over to doubles here? I'm fine going over, I think. All right, in doubles, I wanted to give a quick shout out to Ruben Bemamans, who came out of the retirement that he announced last last year. He came in as an alternate with Yannick Mertens, uh, won five games against Arendt and Pell. Uh, but it was Roman Arnaldo and Sam Weisborn who won the title in Otigné, their fourth title together, uh, their first back in 2018. They beat Yebavi and Pavlasek uh, in the final for Yebavi and Pavlasek, their fifth final together in the last six months. But the first one, not in clay, uh, although they're not playing together next week. They're sort of rotating with different different checks all around. Uh, but I, 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 I do wish that they would play together more consistently, but we'll see. We can go over to Kimper, where we had Gregor Barrer uh, beat Arthur Fils 6-1-6-4. Barrer continues his French indoor dominance almost. Uh, his sixth challenger title, all in France, 13 challenger final. His fourth final in Kimper itself, including last year's final, uh, where he lost to Pospichil, his second title in Kimper. Um, this week started rough for him against Emilio Nava, uh, only beating him in a third set tiebreaker. He was actually 3-5 down in that tiebreak, but that was the only time that he was really threatened. From there, it was all straight set wins over Moreno de Alboran, Luca Pui, Blancano, uh, and then Fields up seven spots to number 76, his new career high ranking. What did you think of Barrera? Yeah, it's actually wild how much better he is indoors than on all other surfaces. And- <laughs> Especially in France, but you know, he may, he mostly plays in France. Like I was just looking at mm-hmm. his scheduling, like in the past year or so, and he really must be spending like very little money on traveling compared to some other players. <laughs> he mostly plays French indoor events and sometimes some other French events. Of course, he went to Australia and, uh, and to Auckland uh, before that, but you know. Uh, there he had uh, the opportunity to earn so, so, earn so much that it didn't really matter. Uh, maybe he's just a cheapskate, you know, and he he just travels <laughs> around France. <laughs> but yeah, it, it makes total sense. I mean, the the, the 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 other guys at this level very often can't handle the sort of weaponry that he brings. The uh, you know the way he can just take the ball so early indoors. Uh, Fields was for you know just just couldn't handle that pace coming at him at all, and it was a very disappointing final, frankly. Uh, I another one where we are expecting well maybe not a classic but you know at least a tough bout for uh, Barrer given how Fields had been playing thus far. Yeah, for Fields it was his second challenger final after winning his maiden title earlier this month. Uh, on his run, he beat Bu Yun Chao Kete, came back from a sit-down against Heis Brauer, 
uh, came back from a sit-down again against Otto Virtanen, then beat Calvin Emery, 7-5-6-2 in the semis. He moves up 31 spots to 164, also to his new career high ranking. Uh, not, the, not the, you know, strongest run, although actually Brauer and Virtanen are, aren't easy opponents. But what did you think of Fields this week? Yeah, I think he was just very solid, very professional. The, the wins against Virtanen and Brauer, he was outplayed in the beginning, but then sort of uh you know, just, just stuck with his plan and and eventually got the better of both of them both i think they were just uh, another sign of arthur fields being a very different player in 2023 to 2022 in many uh in many ways at least you know what we're seeing right now after two events after one month but yeah as you said nine wins in a row uh, he actually, like, I, I think at least one of them, and one of us was, uh, when we were doing the predictions in the season review, uh, at least one of them predicted him to be like the challenger player of the year in 2023. And it's actually looking quite likely after, after January, I gotta say. Although perhaps, uh, it's gonna be a bit of a challenge when he can't play indoors because that seems to be, you know, these conditions seem to seem to swim him the, the best right now. But yeah, just another lesson, I guess, against Parer, who just, yeah, he couldn't handle his pace at all. He, he, he is sitting at number one as we speak. Uh, with 150 oh. points, so uh, you know, could 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 have sort of that. Uh, what do they call it? Like horse racing, like start to finish, where you just lead the entire the entire time. That'll be that'll be quite funny for Phil Stutt, that sort of domination. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll see. If he um, would do that, then as... he would probably stop playing challengers at some point. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, as far as semi finalists, we had two Frenchmen there, both, I think, pretty, pretty decently sized surprises. Uh, let's start with Jeffrey Blancano, who beat uh, Rodriguez Taverna in the third set tiebreaker, uh, then beat Luca Vanash, 6 love in the third, beat Radu Albot in straight sets, his first challenger semi final indoors. What did you think of Blancano this week? Yeah, maybe a bit of a surprise, but then again, Albot, Vanash, these are the, the matchups he sort of thrives in, right? When mm-hmm. he can. Uh, well, the, the fact that he's somewhat underpowered doesn't really matter because the other guys are even more underpowered that he can uh, actually lead the, the play. He can actually play his game, uh, without, uh, being threatened that much. So I think in, in, in a, in a way, this was the perfect set of opponents for him. Um, then, uh, but he actually fared quite nicely against Barrer. Uh, well, he, he has been in like, uh, let's say in danger of falling out of the top 200, but, doesn't seem like he will be that anymore after after this run. Mm-hmm. And the other one was, of course, the more surprising Calvin Emery reaching the semis as a qualifier. He started with a crazy match against Alexei Vatokin, 7-6-5-7-7-6. Uh, then beat Evan Furness to qualify. Uh, then to Calcrenier, 7-5 in the third, beat Furness again, uh, 6-3-6-4. Got a retirement in the second set from Stricker. To reach his first challenger semifinal since April 2018 in Nanchang. Uh, this is obviously a huge week for him. 50 points. Uh moves up 99 spots to number 382 in the rankings. What did you think of Emery? Yeah, I mean Calvin Emery is definitely much better than his 481. That was his ranking before this week. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That that is insane, absolutely. Of course, the guy at some point looked like a potential top 100 breakthrough a few years back. He he has a career high of 116, and you know, game wise, it totally makes sense. I mean, he's such a good shot maker. He's he's got so 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 much so many weapons as well. And yeah, uh, I'm very glad to see this run. I, I I do confess that I am a Calvin Emery enjoyer. 
I remember picking him to win the challenger in 2021. I, I think it was in Maya where he made the quarters. So it wasn't that poor. I, I am also now noticing that before this event, he played one futures match this year and lost to Echeveria, which is wow, incredible. And he only won, he only won five games in that one. Uh, so yeah, he continues to amaze in many, many, many ways. Uh, in many different meanings of the word. But yeah, the, this time uh, you could really see also in all these close matches how much it means to him because, well, he's usually on the losing end of close matches, let's be honest. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we also look up Pui, make the quarterfinals with his wild card, uh, beating Koboli and Denis Novak, both in straight sets before losing to Barer. Uh, first challenger quarterfinal since April 2022 in Madrid. Uh, any thoughts on Pui here? Yeah, I was I was hoping for a for a better match against Barrer. That would have been a great story if he beat him. But still, uh, a win over Novak is I I didn't exactly check it, but it has to be one of his best ones in in, in the past half a year or so, mm-hmm. right? He has been he has yeah. been he started the year pretty well, I think, but it it hasn't maybe been reflected in the, in the results that much because of that uh, non taburi injury that he had. Uh, but there's mm-hmm. definitely some some positive signs. Also, it's yeah, I'm, I'm very 67 in the ATP rankings, by the way. That's crazy as well. Yeah, so and, and he was up 33 spots now to 334. Uh, so sort of in, inching further up and up. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm really happy that he recovered well from that injury. And, and these are these are decent wins, especially over Novak indoors. That's a very good win. Um, over in the doubles, we had Dumbia and Rebol, the old faithful, came coming through again in their for their first, fifth challenger title in the last 52 weeks. Uh, did not drop a set this week at all, uh, and they beat Chandrasekhar and Kadhe in the final. We can go over to Concepcion now, uh, our only challenger 100 of the week, where we had Federico Coria beat Timofey Skatov 6-4-6-3 for his fifth challenger title. I always forget uh, how long Coria was stuck on that future tour, and yeah. I was expecting to have way more challenger titles uh, or finals uh, that he has. This is his first one since June last year. Um, on, on his run this week, he beat Dutra da Silva, Boscat in Diaz, uh, came back from a set down against Del Bonis in an interesting match, uh, then destroyed Ugodelia in 6 1 6 2, up seven spots, number 69 in the rankings. What did you think of Korea? Yeah, I totally echo that sentiment because I remember that for a while he only had that one in um, Tallahassee, no, Savannah, which of course mm-hmm. was on green clay. And it just felt so in- in- incredible to me that this guy, you know, seems like a challenger player, to- top elite for years. He probably was winning South American challengers since 2015. And then you see that he only has one in Savannah <laughs> of-, of all places. Of course, it would have been more I- interesting if he had one in uh, indoors or in hard courts, but that's never going to happen. <laughs> Anyway, too, too yeah. much, too far. Yeah, yeah, you can't really go there. But I, I wish I stuck with my uh, top seeds uh, idea, uh, which I had last time. Well, it wasn't mm. an idea, but it's sort of just, uh, it's it, it sort of. I started with Alice, then I picked Gofeu, and I remember even joking that oh, Federico Coria is the top seed here. I shouldn't. I should. I'm definitely not picking the top seed because in in the past, like I don't know, the last three months of 2022, we were sort of. He had some really rough moments. He improved yeah. by the end of the year, but there was a moment in like September, October when he was not uh, even coming close to winning challenger titles. And that's how it kind of you know, stuck with my head in my head. 
Turns out we probably should be looking at Corey a lot more right now because, well, <laughs> he was just, uh, yeah, spot on this week. Only lost that one set to Delbonis. Uh, very clean in the final as well, which makes for a couple of, well, three pretty disappointing finals because of how lopsided they were. Uh, all great performances, though, from top 100 guys, so maybe we shouldn't really complain. Uh, it wasn't that far off, uh, I think. I think it was pretty, it was definitely the closest one when it comes to the, the three that we had this week. Uh, but Korea was just so focused, determined on, you know, turning defense into offense and punishing Skatov whenever he was able to do that. And, and yeah, uh, just, I think he was simply just too good for the Kazakh a bit today. Yeah. And, and, uh, avenge that loss from Kokimbo. Uh, oh, that yeah. was towards the end of last season. Uh, that was six, six from the third, but yeah, very focused performance from, from Korea there. Uh, as for Skatov, his third challenger final, he's one and two in those finals. He's had sort of one per year uh, since 2021. Uh, this one came very early, so we, we sort of expect that he's going to have a, a, another one at least uh, this season. On his run here, he beat Tunglin Wu 7-5-7-6, also to Mejia. Uh, most impressive win was definitely over Alejandro Tabilo, those 7-5 in the third. Uh, then got a second set of retirement from Facundo Diaz Acosta in the semis. Uh, he's now up 15 spots, number 129, his new career high ranking, 116 points away from the top 100. And I feel like he definitely breaks through that uh, at some point in the summer. I, I, I was shocked. I, I forgot how bad he was between sort of March and September. All of those clay events, uh, he, I don't think he won back-to-back matches that entire time. Uh, so, yeah, I, I feel like at some point in the summer, if he can keep any sort of level uh, together, then then he should definitely break the top yeah. 100. I, I fully agree with that. I mean, I, I was looking at his records like a couple of hours ago and had the exact same thoughts. Uh, we we talked about Luca Vonash firing up uh, um, you know, at the end of the year and sort of having a perfect position for a top 100 breakthrough just because he barely has to do anything in the in the first months of uh, in the first half let's say of 2023 to uh, to make it and Skatov is in the same spot but we just sort of missed him and uh, yeah he didn't even earn any points in February now he's gonna play some golden swing events. Yeah, the door is there, uh, and he really doesn't need to do much to 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 take to take that chance. Yeah, especially maybe with more points coming in uh, in challengers this year. You know, here we have a challenger 100, which basically wasn't happening in South America since the pandemic. I'm not sure if there was even a single one. Most of these Duff Men Plus Care uh, events were 80 were 80s. Um, yeah, uh, looking at his results, I mean, he's just dropping some points in Rosetto degli Abruzzi in March, and that's pretty much it. And yeah, I also feel like he can do it. Even in this final, it, it really wasn't, he really wasn't that far off, uh, just having enough punch to sort of start putting away Korea consistently. He didn't have it, but he wasn't far off getting that. And, uh, yeah, his, his forehand has developed a lot. Uh, Martin Klijan, uh, he, he, he is the guy to thank for, <laughs> he is Katowice to thank for that. <laughs> of course, in that famous, uh, Nur Sultan match when Klijan told him that he cannot be that passive. You need to try to be <laughs> more aggressive. And he is doing that. He is hitting that forehand so, so much better than in the past. Uh, you know, most of the time in 2022, there was, of course, that Australia run where it was pretty sublime, but other than that, not really. And yeah, I also feel like he needs to do it. I did overlook him when I uh, was looking at, uh, you know, when I was doing these top 100 predictions, mostly as I did not realize how awful he was in the first half of 2022. Yeah. Mm. <laughs>
Yeah, let's have a look at our semi-finalists. In Concepcion starting with Hugo Delien, uh, playing in his first challenger since June after that long injury layoff. Uh, very solid uh, tournament from him. He beat Kukushkin 6-2, 6-2, came back from a sit-down against Kiker. Took out our pick, Juan Manuel Serundo, 6-3, 6-3. Of course, not the best way to go out, just three games against Korea. Uh, but yeah, his first challenger semifinal since Concepcion 2022, uh, back in March. What did you think of Delian this week? Yeah, he had a pretty terrible match against Korea, but overall, of course, he needs to be uh, satisfied with this week, probably. Uh, it's his first challenger since, uh, well, since probably like June or May. I, I'm not even sure if he played one in June or May. Uh, but June, June, I think, yeah. He, he, he played he one played, of the last first he, round. He played something, okay. Yeah, uh, but of course he was out with an injury since Wimbledon to uh, Australian Open. I think it was an elbow one. Uh, and yeah, he beat Serundola, which is definitely a good win, although uh, it has to be said that uh, the Argentinian was like um, a friend of mine on a group chat. I think I can say it here. Uh, who cares? I called it bullshitting, but Serundola was bullshitting a lot this week. And I have to agree with that. I mean, he he really was just all over the place, um, just barely surviving the opening ground against Barrios Vera. And, and in general struggling, uh, Delian took full advantage of that. Uh, it was very fun to watch him again with, you know, with the way he constructs points pretty much like no other. And, um, yeah, um, just, and a good week definitely to start him off. I think, uh, in the grand scheme of things, things it's been overlooked how, just how good Delian was in that first half of 2022 because he was fully on track to like, you know, make it his best, the best year of his career. Yeah, and, and and now he showed that he's back in that zone where I think he's he's a very pickable player when we go oh, to yeah. our predictions. Uh, our other semifinalist was Facundo Diaz Acosta. All his wins were 6-3 in the third, uh, beating Reistra Silva, Juan Pablo Varias, and Juan Bautista Torres. Of course, had to retire in the second set uh, against Skatov, but what did you think of Diaz Acosta before the injury? Yeah, shame he had to retire, but I think in general he played a fantastic week, especially that win over Varias in the first set. He was just unplayable, basically. It got a lot more complicated, but he stuck around. Uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, potentially he, he really started the, the year off uh, extremely well, too. I mean, he was on hard courts, of course, in Australia, but was actually faring very well there. Uh, losing to Garin in Numea, but having his chances in the opening set, and of course to Hanfman in a very tight battle in in the qualifying, he uh, he he isn't of course as positioned positioned for it as well as Skatov. But if that injury is not a big concern, you know, if he keeps that level from January up, I think he's also a potential top 100 breakthrough this year. Uh, he just would have to earn, you know, pretty much all the points on his own this year. It's not like Skatov who has already done most of the work basically. Mm-hmm. I also wanted to mention a uh, quarterfinalist, Juan Bautista Torres, uh, started in qualifying, beating Ribeiro, and actually he dropped the set to Karol Trevetsky in a 6-1-2-6-6-2 win. And then after that, beat Renzo Olivo and Ugo Carabey, which I was very surprised by after that Trevetsky performance. Uh, but yeah, what are your thoughts on Torres here? Stop the Karol Drzewiecki shade. Uh, no, I, I, I've <laughs> seen some of his this some of his matches this week. Uh, definitely, maybe using because uh, you know he was trying to be uh, he he's a defensive player, but he was trying to add this aggressive layer to his game with the forehand, and sometimes he was just going for it on every single shot for whatever reason. He seems to have uh, toned it down a bit 
And that probably makes him a, a very dangerous player. But yeah, I was laughing of Trevietsky's fitness last time, and he was actually winning some extremely long rallies with Torres. So, you know, maybe maybe the doubles player actually has some legs as well still. And over in the doubles, who could it be but Guido Andreozzi and Guillermo Duran once again? Their eighth challenger title together since June 2022. They are unstoppable. Andreozzi has two titles and three tournaments this season after winning one with, with uh, Karu, one of the Tigre tournaments, David Luciano Draderi and Oleg Prichotko. Prichotko's uh, second final of, of 2023. He also won uh, the other Tigre event that uh, Andreozzi didn't. But yeah, Andreozzi Duran once again, unbelievable. <laughs> So match of the week, upset of the week, where would you like to start? Let's go maybe with the upset. Uh, there's a few choices from what I see. The the bookies are picking Misolic over Mahaj. It was a pretty big one given given the surface for sure. I am gonna go with Ernest Gulbis over Lukas Klein. Because after you know Gulbis was That's a very fair one, yeah. Yeah, he was he was like barely able to move in the final qualifying round. Uh, against uh, Thibaut Colson, retired at uh, 2-6, love free. And then, the same day, he plays and beats Klein. I mean, Klein hasn't had a, that good a start to, to 2023 as we, as we sort of expected from him, for sure. He is actually, uh, still winless. He lost to Nardi, Polmans and Gulbis. So perhaps not that easy in terms of the round one matchups. But yeah, just didn't imagine that on the same day, Ernest Gulbis can beat him and also beat him four and two. Yeah, you, you you know what? That, that's sort of an obvious one that I that I overlooked. I went for Onklan over over Ugumber. Uh but yeah, both both are very very strong choices because for him to to not be able to move his limbs or whatever it was that he said before the retirement yeah. to, to Colson and then go beat Lukash Klein, it's 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 I mean frankly quite embarrassing for Klein, but very impressive for for Gumbis. Uh Who did you go for on the match of the week? Well, nothing yet. So you can okay, I'll, I'll start. Then I actually have a bit of a lengthier thinking here. I have gone for an Onclan double. I've gone for Onclan over Kulbis. I, I I I don't know if my match selection was bad or something, but I didn't like none of the matches that I watched this week were like an instant classic or whatever. Yeah, me neither. So I sort of went for yeah, yeah. So so I went Onclan over Kulbis. Uh, Kulbis, of course, as you said, uh, his week was wild. He beat uh, Charles Broom even before that match, one six six four seven six. Then had that retirement to uh, Colson, beats Klein, and then plays Onclan, uh, who just got his first challenger main draw win. And it, it was a very decent match, um, up to three three, where down break point there was this very bizarre situation. Uh, where sort of Onklan was was late a couple of times to uh, to return on on Gubis' serve, and Gubis was you know standing there. He he was very fast to the serve. Onklan is still sort of walking across as Gubis is like about to toss the ball, uh, and so he puts his hand up, and Gubis almost in frustration he sort of hits this very weird like like shank, and it's it it was like it was like a super sliced serve, but it lands in. And Onklan, despite raising his hand, plays the point and wins it because Gulbis then stopped the point. Uh, and the umpire gave it to Onklan. That's what sort of shifted that match because Onklan is then a breakup in the in the deciding set. So of course, massive, massive arguments ensue over the over the changeover. Um he he basically tells him that he he shouldn't be there. 
which I mean, that's a fair point because that was a major point that the umpire missed. Because and the point that he kept saying is, if he serves a normal serve, and Oklahoma has the hand up and he serves an ace, he, they would have to replay the point. So why don't they have to replay the point after he hits this shank serve that somehow landed in, and Oklahoma hits a hits a uh, a winner off of it or something? So uh, very, very unlucky for Gulbis. Uh, then they had like a very competitive final game where Gulbis got broken for three six. But yeah, once once that happened, you could tell that the match was was definitely over uh, from Gulbis's perspective. Okay. Um, yeah, I also had. I guess. I guess you know there was there were a lot of uh, great individual performances this week, but they, they didn't necessarily match up in the in the same uh, battle. So I am going to go with Emery beating Grenier. I think. Yeah, this was this nice. was definitely huge for uh, for the Frenchman. Dramatic as well. Like all his matches basically <laughs> are when it comes to tight third sets, and he eventually clinched it. And yeah, you could see that it that it means a lot after losing many 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 close close uh, bouts in the past so um yeah that was pretty huge for emery there in the opening round of the main draw in quimper and next week we've got four challenger events only one of them is a challenger 100 so i guess that's where we're going first you betcha we're going to Koblenz first uh where Zhijian zhang is the top seed uh, he will face henry squired with the wild card uh in the section we also have Zdeny collage playing Bellier. Alexander Muller plays Max Hansrechberg, and the winner of that match plays Chowinski uh, or a qualifier. Second section, Vasek Pospisil plays Emilio Nava in one of the more exciting first round matches that we have in this draw. Winner faces locally or a qualifier. Grenier, Grenier, I feel like he's had a, a rough start to this season. Uh, he plays yeah. Gerg and then Vessels or a qualifier. Third section, Brauer plays Collignon. Uh, winner then plays Luca Nardi or Andri Laxonen. We could have the streak continue with Nardi having these sort of tough draws, uh, but we'll see what uh, Laxonen I think Laxonen doesn't count anymore. We'll like, if Nardi yeah. loses this one, we're not counting Laxonen. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, Matere also in that section plays a qualifier, and then Masur or And uh, Andreev. Uh, Roman Safiulin is here. He plays Jeffrey Blancano, who, who just came off that semifinal. Uh, he will, the winner of that match will then face Escofie or Marco Topo. Liam Brody also in here facing Robin Hasse and then one of two qualifiers. Um, in the qualifying, let me just have a quick look. I, I actually wrote these before the first round matches. So I don't know who won and who lost, but Igor Gerasimov is, is a player that won. So is uh, Yeremian, your favorite. Uh, Vatutin is in there. Rosenkrantz, Kachmazov. Um, EFC is, is about to win as we speak. Uh, or at least he was he was up a match point there. Uh, but yeah, some some competitive players uh, that could sort of shake it up in there. Um, over in the doubles, we have a, a number of interesting pairings. Uh, we have Timo De Bakker uh, coming back. Uh, he he had a comeback. Was it last week? Yes, yeah. Alistair Gray. I actually don't know how the match went. Do you, do you Gray uh, Gray withdrew, uh, but De Bakker lost okay. to. Jesus Christ! Who the hell did De Bakker lost lose to? Uh, we know that player. Um, or maybe we don't actually. Dominic Recek, the, the 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 Czech um, Dominic Recek. Uh, you okay. you might yeah. not know him. Yeah, I I, I saw him yeah. at some ITF uh, random ITF, and that's why I know him. Okay, never mind. <laughs> but yeah, the yeah. bucket lost to him anyway. So uh, Timo the bucket is, is is in the doubles with the protected ranking alongside Bart Stevens, uh, who actually had a pretty strong start to the season alongside Patrick Nicolas Salminen. Uh, and they face Aesthetic and Mochanov in the first round. So that'll be a big test for the Bakker. 
Uh, Dustin Brown teams up with Liam Brody, which is uh, vibes. I think that's that's a fun pairing. Yeba uh, V uh, teams up with Petr Noza. We also have Balaji and Edun Chezian. Uh, Robin Hase plays with Zhijian Zhang, which is an interesting pairing. Uh, also, second Mineni teams up with Heis Brauer. Uh, Shimon Valkov uh, drops Johnny O'Mara after two tournaments together. Well, I don't know if he drops him, but he plays with Philip Oswald this week, as opposed to the, the British player there. Maybe they just have conflicting schedules. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, very competitive doubles, uh, but also an exciting singles tournament here as well. Who do you think is going to win it? Yeah, Dominik Recek, apparently I watched in Poznan last year when uh, Mikołaj Lis won his first ATP point against him. That's why that's why I knew him. But uh, yeah, he was never in the, in the top 1000 or anything. And I can't really remember anything about his game. But never mind. That's about Timo de Bakker's Nusloch opponent. We are in Koblenz now. Uh, yeah, from the qualifying, I don't know if there's anyone who can really get on a on a big run here. Probably not given the I'm really curious to see, to see Gerasimo. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, that, I'm, that's I'm, true. Yeah, that's true. Gerasimo yeah. is going to be interesting. I think Vecna's retired today against him. And Gerasimo VFCF is actually a pretty fun uh, final quality round. I, I will watch it tomorrow if I have time. And when it comes to picking, you know, Zhijian Zhang, uh, do I trust his form? I don't know. At the Australian Open, he was insane against Shelton, honestly. That, that, was, that was a great match. And given the draw that he has, you know, Henry Squire, Collage, Bellier, I, I, I really like that draw. Uh, I don't like the one for Pospisil, for sure. He's playing Emilio Nava. Nava beat him. Um, it was a, still a pretty big upset. So I think it was at the end of 2021 in the challenger. Uh, Grenier, as you said, no, nah, nah, the form is just isn't there. Uh, I would like to pick Andreev at some point this year to, to win his first challenger, but I don't think it's this draw. I think it, the, the section he's in is just too strong. Masur just won a 25k, by the way, who, and he's playing him in the opening round. Um, and then, yeah, Brody, uh, not, not really, not in this form. Safiulin is a very fair selection as well. I'm not really afraid of Blanca, no. Escoffier, Topo, that could be maybe tougher. Yeah, I, I think I'm, I, I was actually planning to pick Safiulin, but I'm going to go for the other top two seed and going to go with Zhijian Zhang. Just remi- rem- reminded myself of how good uh, he was against Shelton. And I just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I have to do it. I think both are very uh, solid selections. I, you know, it's a shame that uh, the only players that I can really come up with here are the first, are the top two seeds, but. Yeah, that's what it is. Maybe the next draws will be will be more exciting in this sense. Yeah, I'm I'm very glad you're picking Zhang because I did have Safiulin written down and I will now stick with him for sure. Uh as you said, Blancano, I'm I'm not really uh bothered by him despite his his nice run last week. Uh I I, f- I feel like it's it's a very decent draw to the to the semis, I think even to the final. Uh the, that that uh potentially the semis could be Matera, it could be as you said, Masur. Nardi is their brower, but um, yeah, I I quite like Safulin in in here. Uh, he does actually have points to defend coming up, of course, for the the semi final. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's going to be a big one. So so he does need to bank some if he wishes to stay in the in the top one hundred for sure. Uh, we can go over to Tenerife. Why don't we do that one? Where we have two, I think. Oh no, I, I, it's 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 one junior uh, accelerator spot and then yeah. one wild card. One wild card, yep. Uh, but yeah, the, the junior accelerator Yaroslav Demin. I've not actually heard of him before. I saw him on the junior accelerator, but he is a top ten junior. Uh, he will face Francesco Passaro. I look forward to watching that match, uh, gauging what what Demin has. Uh, the winner that could face Lloyd Harris, who is a very tough draw. 
uh, on on hard courts. Also in the section, Benoit Pair plays Rodriguez Taverna and Zekic plays Marcora. Second section, Brancaccio plays Milevic and then Mager or qualifier. Taverner plays a qualifier and then Bonadio or the aforementioned Martin Landaluce. Uh, Peniston faces Clark in an all British derby. Uh, the winner will face Alvarez Varona or Caruso. Uh, Filip Misolic plays Sedeg Masoš Tebe and then Francesco Maestrelli or a qualifier. Matteo Arnaldi faces Alessandro Gianessi and then one of two qualifiers. Shevchenko faces Krutich and then Rosso or another qualifier. Over in the qualifying, we have the, the uh, final round uh, matchup set now. Christian Harrison is one of them and with a protected ranking, he beat uh, Hertz 6-2 in the third. That's a pretty solid win. Will now face Cox. Uh, Travaglia also in there, Moroni, Morocanas, uh, Miguel Damas, uh, Kete, some in- interesting names in there. Over in the doubles, uh, we have Dumbia and Rebul as the top seeds. They will face an alternate team after Sanchez Izquierdo's withdrawal. Uh, we have Landalos and Rincon teaming up together. Uh, we also have Brancaccio and Shkugor, Gigante Passaro, Bonadio Maestrelli. Uh, Marcora and Pear team up uh, with Marcora's protected ranking. And they face, uh, of course, David Marrero and Truva Muli. Oh, oh no. <laughs> And I could definitely see, because do, do you remember where Truva uh, Muli and Marrero got their win? I think it was Popco who retired. Popco and the FCAF, yeah. I, I could see a similar situation here, but Marcora pair. I, I, I have a feeling about this. I, I, I have a bad feeling about this one. Uh, Porto Lutimatos Gornes are the second seeds. They face Lutarevich and Lomakin in there. But yeah, that, that's that's the must watch of these matches for sure. Marero Mulia, Marcora pair. But going back to the singles, who do you like for the title? If you guys want to watch a better match than Marero Mulia, Popco Marcora, uh, Popco, sorry, Per Marcora, I invite you to my tennis club. I'm going to play and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a better match. Anyway, uh, I also I consulted with an Italian friend and apparently it should be pronounced Gigante, by the way. Uh, Gigante. Then, yeah, Gigante, which sounds, I don't know. Matteo Gigante had like more, uh, you know, just had a better vibe. I, I actually like Gigante better than, than oh, Gigante. Really? I think. Okay. Gigante. Then it's going to yeah, be easier I, I like for that. you to, it's going to be easier for you to <laughs> apply it. Uh, yeah. Martin Andalusa was in the semifinals of an ITF, uh, last week in Manacor. So the uh, Rafa Nadal Academy, but he lost to Rincon, uh, I think love and two or two and love. So, um, you know, not, not, not really amazing. Although he did beat Mac, Max Hokes along the way. Uh, I was thinking, you know, whether Arnaldi can do it. I think he totally can. Uh, Shevchenko against Krutik, that's something I don't want to go into, even though Shevchenko won the previous Tenerife event, of course, but I think it is, it will be a bit random to an extent, at least. Uh, Misolic, maybe after his last performance could be a pick. Maestrelli for sure could, could have a good run. Um, that there's, that, that third section is kind of weaker. So maybe Brancaccio again can step up on hard courts as he's been recently. Uh, I am very, very, very much drifting into a Lloyd Harris pick, though. Um, I'm not sure why, how else, like who else I could really go for here. Passaro, uh, he's been doing pretty well on hard courts as well. He probably beats Demin, even though I, yeah, my knowledge of Demin is pretty much non-existent. And I, but yeah, Passaro Harris, I see the, the South African as a very clear favorite in this one. And then he pretty much has no one. Uh, that dangerous in that half. So I have to go with Lloyd Harris, I think. Would would be very surprised if you go for something else. 
but we'll see. Mm. That's what I'm thinking. I, I wrote a mislage, but somehow I missed that he has my that he has my still in the second round. So I'm I'm going to go off of mislage. Um mislage, by the way, I don't think he's ever played an outdoor hardcore uh challenger before. I was I was just looking through his results. He played uh, at the US Open, year. definitely, right? Yeah, you, 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 US Open and and uh Naples he played where his two outdoor ah, events okay. on hard. Uh but I will actually go with Raul Brancaccio. Okay. Um, he, he had a very nice run in, in Numea. It's a very nice section for him here, I think. Uh, and yeah, uh, Harris, I, I think, might be the winner of this event. But I, I hope not to match you at all this week. So I, I, I will go with uh, Raul Brancaccio. You can still surprise me, apparently. And, and yeah, I did not expect <laughs> that at all. I think, you know, if Haris beats Brancaccio, he's like such a huge favorite. But we'll see. Maybe Haris doesn't get through Passaro. Who knows? Or or Demin. He, he might surprise us all. We'll see. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I actually have no idea. As, as I said, never, never watched him play. I don't know what I'm talking about here with, with Demin. Uh, but let's go over to Cleveland, where we have Emilio Gomez as our top seed playing Ezekiel Clark. Will then face... Uh, Escobedo or Pennington Jones. We have a very exciting first round match between Gabriel Diallo and Alafia Aieni. Looking forward to that one. We know that faces Nick Chapel or Mitchell Kruger. Another fun match in the first round here Steve Johnson faces Jonas Foretek, who uh, delayed the start of his season to play UTR doubles with Dominic Rabati. Yeah, Florida. but did you see what he was doing last week? <laughs> no, no. Lost to Isaiah Road winning four games. <laughs> In an ITF in the States. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if it was streamed even, but I, I just learned about it after the fact. Jesus. Yeah, that, that, that double seven must have really taken a toll. Maybe he was tired. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so, so we'll see what he does here against Johnson. Uh, the winner of that match will face Kyle Selig or Keegan Smith. Uh, Alexander Kovacevic plays Alex Edibakov, and the winner of that plays Marchenko or a qualifier. Brandon Holt plays a qualifier, and then Ayupovic or Sandgren. Jack Sock is here playing Alex Mickelson, and then Zachary Svaida or a qualifier. Kozlov is here with a wildcard playing Patrick Kipson, and then one of two qualifiers. Ebing Wu faces a qualifier, and then Emin Zhu or Strong Kirkheimer. In the qualifying, they're playing as we speak. Let me see if we have any completed matches. Uh, yeah, so, so, so we have Kodat, Smith, and Ankele already through. Bradley Klan is enthralled in a in a three-set battle with Alexander Kosminov. Blumberg um, is playing as we speak as well. Uh, but we have Alfredo Perez, Ryan Harrison, uh, Donald Young plays Tyson Kwiatkowski in the first round. Uh, and I think that's Kwiatkowski's first tournament back after a while. I think I remember seeing him on the Australian Open list somewhere. Uh, winner could face Pechotic to, to qualify. So I, as always, I, I feel like these American uh, challenge qualifying draws are, are always pretty interesting or exciting. Uh, over in the doubles, we have Galloway and Ahachver Dugo as the top seeds. Blomberg plays with Keegan Smith. Uh, Jonas Foretek teams up with Tyson Kwiatkowski. Young plays with Kipson. Diallo plays with Kovacevic, which, which is a fun uh, team. Gonzalez and Stolder are the second seeds. But going back to the singles, who do you think is winning it all? 
Heisen Kwiatkowski apparently played a qualifying event. I, I'm assuming that it was a, in, in, the, in the States. I, I don't really, you know, uh, I can't really check it uh, very, uh, very quickly, but he played a qualifying event in, in ITF in the uh, yeah, last week and he lost to Alexa mm-hmm. Ciric, a 22 year old from Serbia who has been ranked at 1698 at best. What the hell are That's these guys good. doing? Yeah, he lost in the super tiebreaker. Of course, Kwiatkowski yeah. has been out for like a few months. So, uh, yeah, with, well, a few months. I mean, in 2022, he only played a few events. So, um, uh, let, you know, mo- mo- most, more accurately, he has been out for like over a year. Uh, he just played a few tournaments in 2022. Anyway, um, Brandon Holt, you know, he, he is the grandson goat, as it turns out. Mm-hmm. I mean, can he actually deliver in a challenger? I'm going to say no with a draw like that. I wonder if Alex Mikkelsen can have a chance against Sock. Uh, by the way, does he have like, uh, does Mikkelsen have an, an ex- junior accelerator spot? And I'm, I know he doesn't have it here, but it's, it's actually past him right now. Is it or? I'm not sure. Like, did, did sure. he, did he, uh, maybe he was already not playing juniors enough. I'm not sure because he was already, he was definitely in grandson juniors last year. Anyway, never mind. Um, well, it's very hard to go against Ibigo here, I think, with the sort of draw that he has. Uh, he has Stefan Kozlov in his quarter and he basically doesn't have any real threats, I think, in his quarter as well. Semis could be tough. Sox, Vida, Sandgren, Holt. One of these guys will, will be a challenge. Uh, and in the top half, yeah, Ayeni Diallo, they've played last year. Uh, you know, up until recently, they were teammates, but they never actually played in, uh, together for the University of Kentucky, I suppose. Diallo just uh, decided to, uh, you know, get out before his last year of eligibility and Ayeni transferred to, to, uh, to that university. Uh, Steve Johnson, maybe, you know, given for Atex form could be a pick, but then he also plays Kovacevic in the quarters if the seats hold up. Uh, that's kind of rough for both guys. Uh, I don't trust Emilio Gomez's form. Maybe Ernesto Escobedo, the, the fresh Mexican, can also be a factor. So in general, I think the top half is a bit stronger, a bit more even. And that really makes me want to pick Ibing Wu, who, uh, you know, has another chance to make it to the top 100. I'm pretty sure he will regardless. Of course, up, up until April, he's defending one point. I think, in fact, he might be dropping that one point in like a week. Uh, but you know, it's just one point, of course. And if he wins Cleveland, which is a 75, he would get, uh, yeah, it would be enough. I think with a final, uh, it might not be enough, but it also maybe would be with some other players dropping points. So in general, yeah, I have to go with Ibing Wu. I think the draw is just too good. Uh, yeah, I, I will have to match you on that one. Ibing Wu, it, it, it's a very, very nice road to, to the, uh, semi-finals in the semis as you said it's going to get tough Sok starting his season here Sandgren has been tough hold if we can if he can ever you know uh, wake up outside of a slump <laughs> um, but yeah it's, it, I think this will be a very interesting interesting challenger but yeah you being for both of us and we close out with the Australian National Championships. We said the best for last. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> Where we have James Duckworth playing Makoto Ochi as the top seed. I, I, I think it's, I think it was your tweet that I saw. Yeah. That there's only three nationalities playing. And 37 no Australians, yeah. uh, three, uh, 12 Japanese players and one Frenchman. But the Frenchman is Maxime Chazal, who's, of course, from New Caledonia. So... Uh, about uh, 750, 750 miles from uh, Australia, east of Australia. So 
So yeah, basically only guys from Australia, Japan, and Oceania. Let's say one guy from Oceania. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's really weird to me. You know, they they stayed here after the Australian. They, they some players you know could have stayed after the Australian Open. Uh, we even don't have any. But, it's, but it makes so much players. more sense. Yeah, sorry, it just makes so much more uh-huh. sense to have this event last week. Yeah, that's like, true. The, that's last true. week is the week that you would stay. You wouldn't just stay. I think they uh, probably didn't want to have that conflict, you know, with the Australian Open and this. Like, for example, Hijikata wouldn't be able to play. I, I guess. But... I don't know. I mean, it, it, it should be that, but I guess. It, it, you know, it would be the only way that you would get any of these European players or American players. It was to, still to a bit around. better last year, right? When when it was Launceston yeah. and, no, sorry, Playford and Sydney. Uh, but then there you actually had two weeks. So, you know, it, it convinced players like, I don't know, Gengel, I think, was there. Who else was there? I don't yeah. even remember. <laughs> Just a couple of guys from other nationalities. Now it looks kind of funny. And um, yeah, yeah, it just shouldn't Silly. shouldn't happen. Yeah. But anyway, so let's, let's get to the here. draw. But, but the yes. seeds are actually so, kind of good. So, yeah, let's talk about them. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we, we're also meant to have Jason Kubler who decided to withdraw. I was really, I was really hoping when I saw the intros that I saw Kubler and Hijikata were like, I think in the semis at that point, I was like, it would be so funny if we saw Hijikata and Kubler make the semis of the Australian Open and then play together in, in Burnley against absolutely nobody. Uh, but we don't get that, unfortunately. It's only hearing key here. Uh, but we start with James Duckworth as the top seed playing Makoto Ochi and then Jeremy Jin or qualifier. Also in a section, Hiroki Moria plays a qualifier and Philippe Sekulic also plays a qualifier. Second section is the exciting one. Uh, it's it's quite fun. Max Purcell plays Alex Bolt and then Mark Pullman's or qualifier. That's a very fun uh, uh, set of matches there. Dane Sweeney plays Shu, uh, Shuichi Sekiguchi and then Adam Moulton or Yuki Mochizuki. Uh, Yasutaka Uchiyama plays Thomas Fankat and then Shinji Hazawa or qualifier. Ria Noguchi plays Tristan Schoolkate, and then Maxime Chazal or Yuta Shimizu. Rinki Hijikata plays a qualifier, and then Luke Savile or Blake Ellis. Omar Jessica is in here as well, playing James McCabe, and then Dane Kelly or Naoki Nakagawa. In the qualifying, we have some guys here. Edward Winter is the top seed. Derek Pham, I think, is a is a young player that uh, had like a He lost to Goyovchik, right? Something. Goyovchik at yeah. the Australian Open? Yeah. Uh, Pater Gill is a name I recognize. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's tough in these ones. Uh, over the doubles, uh, Luke Savile and Tristan Schoolkate are the number one seeds. We also have Moria and Naguchi teaming up. Pater Gill and Sweeney are playing together. Uh, Sekiguchi plays with Uchiyama. Uh, McKay plays with Winter. Pomaz and Purcell are probably the favorites uh, as the number two seeds there. But going back to the singles, who do you think is going to win it all? Yeah, I think from the qualifying, potentially maybe Winter is the only player who could have a run. Yeah, it, it is a contrast because, of course, the field is pretty awful compared to most challengers. I mean, we, we aren't getting fields like that any other region, really. Uh, but the seats itself are actually quite tough. And even some of the round one matchups, I mean, Skullkate Noguchi, Jessica McCabe... Um, Purcell Bolt, especially, you gotta be pretty unlucky to, in a draw like that, mm. land this stuff, uh, the, yeah. you know, an opening. I, I think the champion is definitely coming from the second quarter. Well, not definitely, but I think it's definitely the most likely it's that second quarter. Will yeah, but pick someone from this quarter, right? Purcell yeah. Bolt opening round. I mean, for me, it's a 50 50, given how well Alex was playing in the qualifying as mm. well. And of course, that also 
uh, that also goes for Max Purcell. And then they they have to face Polmans. So um, Sweeney even potentially. I don't know. I, 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 I'm I not sure if I agree that the champion is coming from the second quarter. I mean, the first one, we've got yeah. Duckworth, Sekulic, Moria. They, can, they are all pretty capable of winning this. Uchiyama, is he? Of course he is. Skulkate Noguchi? Yeah. Jessica McCabe? I can just keep reading these names and they're all obviously quite capable. I think I gotta go with Rinki Hijikata. Like, there is a bit of a... Okay, actually, Purcell is a huge favorite against Bolt. I'm surprised by that. Uh, but, um, yeah, I think I have to go with Hijikata. I'm not sure if he can just, you know, instantly win that Australian Open doubles title, even though it was doubles, you know, just get from that emotional high to this challenger and win it, which he kind of should, I think. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I still have to pick him, but I not really convinced about that. Uh, in fact, I think this, this, uh, this challenger will actually be pretty fun to watch as little as I will get to watch it because the time zone is horrible and my body really needs the rest and needs some rest after that month of Australian yeah. Open <laughs> or Australian challengers at first and then the Australian Open. Uh, but I think some of these matchups, especially later on in the event, should actually be pretty fun. Uh, there's a couple of fantastic round one, uh, round one battles as well. It doesn't make sense that an event like that, like this exists, but. Um, well, there, there's plenty of interesting Australian players. So let, let's get to watch the battle uh, against uh, some, sometimes against the Japanese, sometimes against each other. I am going with Rinki Hijikata, who is probably like the, the best player in the field for me, and that that's really it. Not convinced that he will win because yeah, the seeds are actually kind of strong and and fun. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, I do think of Hichikata like, oh, oh, he went to the final last week, but it is doubles. But as he said, there is also an, an emotional element to to all of that. Um, we'll, we'll we'll see how we, how we sort of... Yeah, is is that a benefit or, or a disadvantage, right? We don't even exactly. know. Like, exactly, yeah. It's, it's unclear. I mean, going from getting definitely the highest payout of his career thus far uh, to then sort of going back to playing probably yeah. in front of, you know, 10, 15 people in the first round against whoever the qualifier is going to be. We'll he might even withdraw, with right? But I, I figure he Maybe. wouldn't do that because it's just such a good opportunity. I, 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 I feel like if he was going to withdraw, he would have done it by now, like like Kubler did. Um, yeah, it, it is quite tough to predict Duckworth. I don't really trust at the moment, even though if the draw is, is quite nice to to make the semis, the second quarter I'm staying away from. Uh, Jessica I was thinking of, but then I saw that he actually won only two games against Kudla, which I completely missed, and that was his only match. I, he also won 70 matches last season. I, I did not realize it was to that extent. Yeah, me um, But I'll actually go for maybe a surprising one in the Asataka Uchiyama. Uh, Uchiyama made two two second rounds uh, in, in Ontaburi. I really like this performance against Tunglin Wu. I think we might have picked it for my match of the week. At that point, uh, the other loss was to Donskoy, who was in decent form at, the, at that point. I, I like his draw for the first two rounds for sure. Then it could be Skulkade after that, uh, but we'll we'll see. So Uchiyama for me. Yeah, I think he's a serious title threat too. Uh, the 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 round two, the first two rounds, he's definitely got a pretty nice draw. Uh, but yeah, that's gonna be it for this week. Uh, we're gonna be back in uh, about seven days to discuss the events of Koblenz Tenerife. Uh, Bernie and Cleveland, no South America this week. Uh, there's, it's also the Davis Cup week. So I guess on, on the ATP tour, you're not going to see any main tour action. Uh, 
So, you know, it's a perfect uh, opportunity to watch some challengers. Exactly. And that's what I'm inviting you. That's where that's what we're inviting you to uh to do next week. And yeah, see ya. See ya then. Bye. Thank you.